happens. It's the same thing as these lefties per, uh, acting like they're desantards. When they're all they're trying to do is an elicit an attack response from the Trump campaign to say, see, we told you. It's the same thing that's what's happening here with these cases. It's the same It's the same playbook being used over and over and over again. The same thing that happened in Michigan in the Gretchen Whitmer case. The same thing that happened on January 6th regarding the count and the Sunrise Zoom calls and all these people. The same thing that happened in many of these other instances. And all these people that are coming on to FedPost because they're just angry and I just need to get it out. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you're falling into it, hard. Like, please stop doing this. Anyway, Dustin, I'll come to you, but that's, that's essentially what I'm seeing here. No, so, right, and, and listen, there's reason to be frustrated. But, uh, again, you are never going, you aren't going to spark the revolution by saying uh, civil war on X, right? You, 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 um, um, I hate to break it, too, if you think that's what, or, or that, oh, my God, you guys just don't have the courage to talk about what's real, right? We've seen this particular PSYOP over and over and over again. And the, the, the biggest point is, again, like I said, the thing about Colorado, nothing changed today, which is if, if you had read the immediate analysis that Walter put out at America Mission or listened to me and Trash and Jen in spaces, right, as it came out, if you avoided the, like, over-stupefied, like, space where, like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that has ever happened, ah, right? If you'd listen to like the actual analysis from people you know who took a couple minutes to actually read the actual law that everybody is discussing, you knew that it was automatically stayed, just like the main thing. And so there wasn't this big shift, but the 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 demand for extreme mega Republicans is way higher than the supply. And they're trying to fix that problem. And they have shown unequivocally that they are willing to fuck your life up if you take the bait. They're willing to make an example out of you, to take your words out of context, and make it very, very serious. And so, right, it, it is really important for people to keep their fucking heads, right? Like, to keep yourself calm and, like, pay attention and don't fall for that, like, to, to dive into that and get into these discussions about... and and. Frankly, they usually start by asking you to bring out your crystal ball, right? Like, oh, well, what are we going to do if, and then they lay out like 10 potential things that could happen that like would really piss everybody the fuck off. And and they want you to put, because right, what they want you to do is react to something that's not real because it'll make you way more angry and emotional in order to act like that's how you're responding to current events. Right when they target you, and just ask our J Six family. Right, ask Alpha Warrior who wasn't even in fucking DC for January Six. Right, they just got him for things he was saying, like right around that time. And just realize there is a time and place to have very specific conversations around this stuff. With that said, we've got. To, I, I I'm not sure what so the. There is some things that need to be done here, and I'm, I'm I'm particularly angry at Republicans again, which is that divergent reality, the, the whole, all of this is designed also to get us to accept the term insurrectionist around President Trump in January 6th. And I, I, I think it's a, a also help trying to help bolster the Jack Smith bullshit, right, which is 
we're constantly getting these news where they put Trump's name next to insurrection, Trump's name next to insurrection. And here's how crazy this shit is, which is you guys know, because, well, hopefully you guys know, because you've listened to the recent work we've been doing with Millie and Trash and Jen talking about the Sunrise Sunrise Movement, their Zoom calls, and that document that they spread called The Count. Now think about this, right? Like just soberly, because this is going, the the hard thing is it's a tough argument to make outside of this room because it sounds like a fucking crazy conspiracy. But go look at the layout of how they very specifically said, we're going to call it a coup and we're going to call Trump an insurrectionist over and over. That was the very, like the focus of their messaging was to take the term coup and insurrectionist and apply it to Donald Trump. Now think about how, right, being able to look back, that was right before the election, the count was distributed in those calls, they started to do that, right? Then after the election, they really ramped that up. Then after January 6th, the, right, after the staged January 6th, or partially staged, right, January 6th, the media goes to enforce that narrative for years on end, and they put a committee together, the January 6th committee, that hires Hollywood producers to pre- present a long report about how Trump caused the insurrection. It doesn't talk about any of the agent provocateurs. It doesn't talk about any of the other like police instigate. Right? It just leaves out everything. It's Trump did it. Trump, Trump, Trump. Does does not talk about any of the the other stuff Trump says, and now we're at a place where we're seeing that the fact that they have tried to enforce this narrative, people just watch MSNBC and CNN and Fox News that there was an insurrection on January six and Trump did it. Now they're trying without having any due process or any chance for us to like respond. They're using that in these courts with people like Eric fucking Swalwell being allowed to be like the star witness to try to remove him from the ballot. And where, and and a lot of us have been saying, we wanted the Republicans to launch their own fucking J6 committee, right? Because you can't just let the fucking horseshit that the fucking Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney J6 committee put out stand as the historical record, right? Like we we needed to be able to dive in to the fuck, how many feds were there, right? What were their roles? Who were these agent provocateurs in the crowd? Who was the fucking uh, scaffolding commander who on the bullhorn was constantly encouraging fucking shit, right? Why have we not had the fucking stones to step up and produce a report and let the cards fall where they may. But that that that's, again, it's a lot of the reason that we're here is the Republican cowardice to address the issue by having our own fucking committee on January 6th and bringing a full accounting of exactly what happened to counter the bullshit that the J6 committee put out. So, so sorry to rant on that. No, I, let me, let me, let me jump on, let me jump on that and set the stage. So we've got, I don't know, just a couple hundred people, 168 people in here. Thank you guys for listening. I see your guys' hands. I'm going to come to you. But let me, let's paint a picture that myself, Millie, Jen, Dustin, a lot of us have been laying out, Walter, a lot of us have been laying out for months now. Let, let me paint the picture 
in context of what Dustin just said. So it really hits home. So let's consider the Sunrise Zoom calls. We know that these existed, these Sunrise Zoom calls that Millie had someone infiltrate the Sunrise Zoom calls and get all of the recordings. And basically what it was, was a, a series of groups horizontally connected on the left. So you had BLM, Antifa, uh, shut down DC, Sunrise Movement, and then you had members of like Department of Homeland Security, you had ex and current Intel community people and uh, Intel community contractors in on these calls. And they had these meetings and they broke down essentially what they were gonna do on the ground and they were going to, you know, shock and awe, essentially. We call them shock troops. I think it's easily the way to put it. And then, but leading up to these calls, what did we have? Well, we had Rosa Brooks, who has a long history in the, under the Obama administration and, and droning people in the Middle East. We, we've, we've got, uh, we've got Niles, uh, Niles Gilman, who is the head of the, the Gurguin think tank based in L.A., and they ran these war games like John Podesta, Norm Eisen, Mark Elias, and many other people were involved. And they ran these war game scenarios. And this was in, in the report came out in August, mid-August of 2020. And this was called the Transition Integrity Project. And essentially what they did was they war gamed out exactly how the election would go through various different war games. And they set various different dates that were within state or federal constitutions of how an election was to be conducted. And this was due by this date, and this was due by this date, and so on and so on, up into inauguration. And so what they gamed out and mapped out in the Transition Integrity Project was they essentially said, okay, if this goes this way, this is how it's going to go. And there was four different scenarios. And Donald Trump actually won uh, one of the war games and how that fallout would be perceived. And the underlying tone in the Transition Integrity Project was we have to maintain perception in the country, Donald Trump bad, election good, election the free disparate election of all time. And this was in August of 2020, well, well prior to the actual election. And meanwhile, everyone in the entire country was completely distracted with, oh, my God, you're not six feet away with me. You're not wearing a mask. Or, oh, my God, are you not jabbed? Like, let's get into culture war with Taylor Lorenz about whether or not you're going to be jabbed or not and showing up on Christmas. Meanwhile, the planning that was happening through these think tanks in L.A. in this transition integrity project where they war gamed it out. They said, OK, if we can shift and maintain public perception this entire time while we operate in these gray areas that were not constitutional at all, that were not lawful at all. But if we maintain the perception, we can get away with this and we can extend the date. There's the same reason that you saw this 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 you know clown secretary of state from Maine. I pulled up one of her tweets and she said, count every vote. There's a reason that everybody on the left, everybody on the rhino spineless uh, squishy right were saying count every vote. And it was because they had war gamed out a scenario where they could always have a, for, a forever entrance of ballots that they can actually bring in through legal harvesting because the laws were changed in these states during COVID that they could actually bring in that would actually bring them home and bring the win. So you had to continue the vote. It had count every vote, not vote on election day. It was count every vote. And you had to have the perception that that was the lawful thing to do in the country, even though that was unlawful. All right, let's fast forward to October. October 14th, there's a document that was released by this same group that we're discussing. Although this time, this document was called The Count. And what The Count was, was specifically what the ground shock troops needed to do 
to uphold this war game scenario that they had done back in August called the count. Even so far as to saying, once the, the public perception starts waning and quote unquote, Donald Trump is able to inject the narrative into the public of questioning the result of the election on election day, we need to then riot protest and show to the American public that their perception is wrong, that the results are not fraudulent, that it was the freest and fairest election of all time, and that we should abide by these results. And if we don't, here is the timeline and the processes of Congress where they meet on January 6th and the vice president has a hearing and he says, okay, we have an alternate slate of electors. Why do we have an alternate slate of electors? Well, here's why. Here's the evidence. Okay, we need to break and have, have a hearing. And they knew, they knew on January 6th specifically that <clears throat> no matter the perception that they were able to uphold through the entire election process, they knew on January 6th when the Senate met and when the people in the Congress met and, and, and Mike Pence had the gavel in his hand as vice president, that he could extend January 6th results with an alternate slate of electors to actually review the data, to actually have a hearing that would tell them whether or not, hey, this warrants an investigation. We're not going to certify until we answer these questions. And we have up until January 20th to answer these questions. The moment that Mike Pence was going to break Congress and move into session, the word went out. And I'm just going to tell you this from page 35 of the count document. They outlined this. And on page 35, they specifically said, and I want you to think about this before I read it in the context of January 5th or January 6th. I want you to think about what happened on January 6th. And on page 35 of this count document that they had used the war gaming scenario from the think tanks from the Transition Integrity Project, they stated at the bottom of page 35, Democrats in Congress must use every constitutional, procedural, and political means necessary to delegitimize Trump's attempt to usurp the presidency up to and including voting in unison against Republican effort to count Trump's electoral college votes, ordering the sergeant at arms to remove Republicans from the House chamber, boycotting the electoral, electoral college count, and staging protests inside the Capitol to make it physically impossible for Congress to meet. And when you take that and you listen to that and you go back to the time frame of when they finally broke through, they started breaking glass, and then you saw the video of, of, the, of the Capitol Police looking up at the camera, the magnetic locks were released, and everyone was allowed in the chamber. It was, it was at a very similar time where Mike Pence was about to break to hear the alternate slate of electors and the information being presented on an investigation. And when, I, when we show you guys these documents and you go through all of these things that, that we've been talking about for like the last three years, let alone in the last month or two, it seems to paint a different picture, doesn't it? And then I add a caveat and saying public perception only matters and they can only fundraise if they have the Colorado GOP saying Trump's removed. Oh, well, by the way, by the way, buried in, in our opinion at the very end, this has stayed if there's a challenge in the Supreme Court. And then you have Maine come out today and say, well, 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 no, he's removed. However, there's a stay as long as there is a challenge at the Supreme Court. Again, it's all perception. Sorry for the rant, but I just really wanted to tie in with what Dustin was saying 
so you guys understand the reporting and the things that we've been doing to really understand what just happened. I need to land my plane and stop talking, Dustin. So uh, I, can you help me with hands? Real quick before that, I just want to let people know that no, you can read these Sunrise documents up there on the top. Um, I posted up there that's a post that has the PDF document that's from Millie Weaver originally and the one we redid on the American Mission Substack so you can read it yourself very easily to read on a phone or anywhere else. Yeah, I, I, I got you, Trash. I can uh, take this down a little bit, like uh, work it around. But again, this is the point. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're right around 200. Make sure you retweet the space. Uh, bad news. We won't be talking about calendars. Uh, how fucking stupid is that shit? Um, or, or a lot of the other nonsense. Uh, everybody in the boredom between Christmas and New Year's seems to be obsessed about. Uh, there's a lot to go over around the main case. But first and foremost, don't come at, like, avoid Fed posting. I think if there's one message we want to get across, there is a real conspiracy here, right? And, and what Trash just laid out and the stuff that we've been working to bring forward about the Sunrise Movement and their plan, if, if it sounds like too wild, like that they would plot to label Trump an insurrectionist so that they could continue to attack him for years afterwards, I would steer you to the Steele dossier. And the way that they, they disrupted and tried to delegitimize Trump for years of his term, right, by talking about and enforcing a narrative around totally made up bullshit that happened in this small group of elite Democrats, right, headed by Norm Eisen, John Podesta, and Joseph Sellers and the rest of these guys. And so, right, for, for, for me, it is not too far-fetched. It is, and, and maybe this is something I'd love to get you guys' opinion about, which is this is one of those things that it's tricky messaging right now because the, the uh, uh, and as we kind of talked about, the general, like, low-hanging fruit discussion around this, like, oh, my God, Trump's going to be off the bat, or is he going to be on the bat, and the Supreme Court's going to fix, and they're not talking about, right, like, all, well, whether or not it was an insurrection or not, or what about like the lawfare and the, as I keep trying to, I've, I've said this probably a dozen times the last couple of days, the process is the punishment, right? Which is a part of this is literally just draining Trump's resources because he has to respond to loss, right? He has to respond to Colorado and he has to respond to the bullshit in Maine and Michigan and California and all these other states. And each time he does that, Right, he's got to hire a team of attorneys that send him, in, and that's money that he won't otherwise, right? That he can't otherwise spend on what would be a traditional campaign, and and so in some ways it's really brilliant in how Machiavellian it is. But as far as like connecting the dots, right? Because we really need to figure out how to undercut the base layer of their argument, and the base layer of their argument is. The insurrection, quote unquote, insurrection on January 6th and that Trump spearheaded the whole thing. And it, it, it's just hard because it's so fucking stupid on its face. Right. Like my well, what, what I said in the Marius was, yes, fucking Q shaman Jacob Chansley was going to be installed as the new leader of the American government. And fucking right. We were going to rule and fucking hippy dippy fucking horseshit from that day forward. Right, like what, what, what fucking reality? Like, why do? How is? How are we in a place that that's what we have to argue? And then just look at all of Trump's like fucking messaging, right? Like, do not attack the police, 
uh, right? Go peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. Right? And I don't agree they sent people to the Capitol, by the way. That's well stated. But the, at the end of the day, the idea that Trump led a fucking insurrection is so stupid. And the fact we have them pre-plotting being able to pin the label of insurrectionist on Trump while he was commander-in-chief. Have, have, do we ever, ever even talk about that? That somehow Trump, as the commander-in-chief and the head of the government, launched an insurrection on the government that he was in charge of at the time. They didn't use any of the, the other powers. He just used a group of people led by a shaman guy in like a buffalo costume. Like it, it, it's so dis fucking logical on its face that like it, it's frustrating to even be at a place where we have to argue it. So I'd be curious on your guys's takes. Like, how do we message this thing in a way to like really cut at the heart of it, especially when we have a bunch of weak ass fucking coward Republicans who have accepted the premise because they don't like Donald Trump. And 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 that that's really where the battle is because even the Jim Jordans and like right our other members of Congress weren't willing to take a courageous stand and fucking counter the narrative as they were laying and establishing this baseline fact that is the root of all these problems, which is the fake story that there was an insurrection led by Donald Trump on January sixth. Well, and like Dustin, before we kick it around to hands, wait till people find out that like they don't even know this information. Like, wait till they find out that, like, I get hit up, like, in DM and text messages and phone calls. Hey, I've got this such and such staffer on the Hill. Uh, they're going to have a committee on this. What questions or what people should we subpoena to ask these questions of? And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm a dude, like, with a normal job in fucking Arizona. I mean, all right, well, here's the questions. Here's you, here, you, you subpoena. But the sad reality is, is that they don't know. And it's, oh man, dude, it's so, it's frustrating, right? But it's also motivating. It's like, okay, well, then I can have a part in the process and I can actually, you know, get involved and say, okay, give me subpoena power for the first time in my entire life. And I'll tell you exactly who to subpoena. I'll tell you exactly what to answer them. Ask them and I'll tell you exactly the information that you should probably be covering. The, you know what the crazy part is, Dustin? They fucking did it. <laughs> they did. Well, and that's the crazy part, right? And they don't even try to hide it. They actually still brag about it, right? And and they still talk about what they did and they talk about how they're passing these laws and they're talking about how they're exactly targeting Trump, right? So you literally have one side targeting politically through the law, through any ways, means possible that they can stop this guy. And it's like, what are you, what are you actually protecting? Right? Because in a normal story, you'd be doing all of that to stop like the evil guy from coming to power. But like in our reality, they're, they're stopping the only guy who's willing to like stand up and fight them for the good of the entire world. Um, and it, that's how you truly know it's evil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jen, Dustin, we have ranted. Uh, obviously, you know, us three, Walter, many of us up here, we know this. We know the score. Let's hear from the people. Uh, let's hear what you guys got to say about this. Walt, I'm going to come to you. Jack, I'm coming to you next. Aaron, I see you. And then Chris. 
So there's one other part I want to add to this that uh, you guys have already covered a lot of the main major points of this. You know, the continuing of the PSYOP of J6 is like what they're doing here. I mean, it's just obvious that that's they, they won't let it go. I mean, they just refuse to let it go. But there's the other side of this that I'm, I've been trying to figure out for a while now is that so the the court rulings were obviously just a continuation of that. They had, they buried in the rulings that it's being stayed regardless of what they say. And they just did it for headlines that we know that now, but the real problem that I see with this is, is this setting up their next, their next sign up. They need to con- create the civil unrest that they talk about and stuff like the count and the TIP and stuff like that. Are they creating that? Because now they've set up a scenario where they've got one fifth of the country that no matter what the ruling from the Supreme court is, they're going to say, well, they're just, they're just conservative. So they, you know, they, Trump picked that court, even if he'd only picked a couple only picked three people on the court, it doesn't matter. It's a conservative court. It's irrelevant now. It's, you know, they're a bad court. So it's Trump is still ineligible for the ballot. So they've set up a scenario where one fifth of the country, and that's what I think the number is. I'm not entirely sure. It might be like less than that. It might be slightly more than that. But a fifth of the country, no matter what the court rules, the Supreme Court, when they finally rule on it, is going to refuse to accept the scenario that Trump is eligible for the ballot. So that creates their foot soldiers that they needed for the count, the previous one, right? They, they already had that set up because they had the Russia, Russia and all that crap set up beforehand. So now they've got yet another one that they're setting up because now Trump's ineligible. So they've got their foot soldiers to create the civil unrest and everything else. So the real question is how, you know, how do we break that psyop? Like, how do we get through to that small percentage of the population that just, you know, they won't let the, they won't let it die. So it's the same sort of question, but that's what the continuing of these rulings, like I knew that when the first one came through, there was actually a segment in, in Maine's election code that was waiting on a final judgment. That's why they hadn't filed it until late. There's actually a website that shows all of the different cases trying to get Trump removed from the ballot. There's one in every state, by the way, if any, if for those who don't know that. And Maine was the only place that hadn't actually issued a uh, issued a file trying to get him removed. So the moment that the Colorado ruling came out, then they had their clause in there that was called a final judgment clause so that they could take that as a final judgment and then apply their rulings to get him removed from the ballot. So the deal is, how, how are we going to continue this? And how are we going to get through to these people? Because at some point, if we win, we've got to figure out how to fix some of this stuff. And that's that's the real question I have, because these people that are just completely bought into it in the PSYOP, I, I don't know how you get through to them, because you would think after everything that's happened that, you know, the entire Russia collusion thing is fake. The entire COVID thing is fake. All of this stuff we've like, it's no question anymore. But these people are like, you know, there's still people sitting in their house by themselves wearing four masks. I mean, how do you get through to those people? And I, that's what I'm really curious about people's opinions on. Well, I'll say this, and maybe I'll kick it around to Dustin and Jen because they have, you know, intimate, intimate, uh, you know, history with Andrew Bart and many of these other people. But I'll say this, like, I'm not really concerned about flipping the fringes. I'm more concerned about uh, cementing the culture. And if the culture says, you know what, I actually, I'm, I'm not going with this. And I can look at the polls and I can look at the polls and I can, I mean, like the polls are fake. Like, I don't really care. Polls are fake and gay. doesn't matter. But I can also look at them and look at what, what the general vein of what's going on in the country. And I can look at it and I can say, okay, I don't really care whether these polls are accurate or not. I mean, I, I see Trump at 69%. It doesn't really matter. Up four points on Biden, up one point on Biden. If I see the average culture that people that are not initiated, not engaged, moving a certain direction based on the table, the, the kitchen table issues that they're concerned about, the culture can be moved. And so I'm not really so concerned about the hyper-partisan fringe as I am 
on narrative. This is why they focus so much on what you referenced on narrative. And I, I, I think that the narrative is shifting, not because we've done great work on X or we, uh, someone's done great work on meta, but I think like the kitchen table issues have shifted. So like the messaging can only last so long while that's going on until it can't anymore. And so I, I, I think the action, and I'm gonna go to Jen here before we go around, but I, I, I think the action is simply keep talking about it because that's the only thing that we can do. We only control one house of our Congress while the entire rest of the federal government is completely weaponized against us. So we can only keep talking about it and hoping that it gets to the right people and pushing it to the right people that get it to the average person and say, wait a minute, what is this? Like, what, what's going on here? And maybe it shifts a point or two. Then once you grab back any kind of like reins, or let's say that we get the presidency and we get the executive, then you start operating through the office of personnel management and you execute project 2025 and you destroy the administrative state. Then once you've got your bureaucracies under control, once you have your actual cabinet under control where it actually has the authority that it was supposed to have prior to FDR, then we can start talking about how we how we actually reach fringes and act, actually how we pull back to a sensible society. So my point is keep talking about it, be loud about it, keep going out there. And the people that can cut through the narrative that don't emotionally react to whatever's going on just because they want to monetize for whatever reason, whether it's calendar gate or whether it's I don't know, like Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light or whether it's Delta or whatever else is going on in our culture war. If we stop participating on that ground that's already been seeded by the people that would have our country's demise, then we can actually start moving that needle. If it moves by a half a point or a full point and it starts moving in a direction where people are more concerned about their end results more than they are about their false narratives that they've been, they've been, they've been convinced on, that maybe we can move it. So I, well, I think it starts with everyone. Oh, sorry. I'm coming to you, Jen. Everybody needs to go out and vote. Anybody that's telling you not to vote because it doesn't matter is a fucking fed. If they're not a fed, they're just fucking stupid. Either way, don't listen to them. Number two, getting out more people registered, getting out there, going out and voting, getting behind candidates locally, and it will slowly start to move the needle. Let's, Rome was not built in a day. And this Marxist takeover that they thought that they could attempt because COVID came around. Uh, and Klaus Schwab talked about how, you know, COVID's a unique opportunity to usher in this new great reset. That didn't happen in one year. It happened over 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And so like the hubris of us to, to assume that if we just break through the narrative that we can fix all of this in, in one year is stupid. But we're going to take our incremental wins and you don't stop. Anyway, Jen, go ahead. Yeah, no, Trash. And I think we need to look back to 2016 um, and, and, and go back to some of those things that we did. Um, and if you look at the Bernie Sanders movement, and I think Republicans and especially conservatives, right? When we talk to people we know that disagree with us, I think we take a stance of like, oh, we need to convert these people, right? Like we need them to like be on our side, right? But I don't think it's that, right? And it goes to what we did with the Bernie Sanders people. We realize going into that, that those people are never going to agree with us. They're never going to agree with us on abortion. They're never going to agree with us, but they did agree on getting money out of politics, and they agreed that they hated Hillary Clinton, right? So instead of like looking at people to convert them, 
we need to go and meet them on where they are on their like on a level playing field and be like look we're never going to agree on these things, right? We're, there's just something in, innate that we don't agree. I don't like how you do your politics. I don't like any of that. But what I do agree on is that we don't want a, a takeover of our government. We don't want our rights taken away. We don't want censorship. And just concentrate on those issues instead of bringing up everything that we freaking disagree upon. There, We don't need to convert everybody. What we need to do is get them to vote for Donald Trump and in the class climate and in the country that we live in, that should be a very easy sell, even more of an easy sell than it was in 2016. Um, and that was a pretty easy sell. But like, if, if we go at it, and we're like hitting them all at once with like, our religion and like all of this, like, we're, we're not going to get anywhere with them. And they're going to shut down immediately, right. But if we go with them at like censorship and stuff that's actually affecting them, like the Restrict Act, like we were able to pull over so many Democrats and that's what scared them. And that's how we need to go about like getting people to vote for Donald Trump instead of looking at it, getting people to convert to conservative then in order to do that. Right. And and when we're debating people in spaces, right, like just because they're Democrat, right, like doesn't mean they're an evil person innate, right? Like maybe they've just been led astray. And I feel like if we're constantly trying to convert them instead of just like arguing the issues and just go at it a point that they're never going to agree with us on certain things, like I think we'll be able to broaden this discussion. Jen, dropping the fucking smoke. Let's go. Like 100%. I agree. I'm not here to convert anybody. I'm just here to convince you like, hey, I know that like your team is reaping the benefits of these systems. Might I point out, it's been levied against you in history over the last hundred years. It's just now swung the other way. So do you want whatever you're advocating for now because you disagree with me to happen to you? Because the censorship, the psyops and everything else in the government right now may be going a certain way. But I guarantee you, you're going to come to me in two, three, four years and be like, yeah, fuck this, man. I'm getting completely censored. I'm getting completely fucking shifted. I'm getting completely shafted. Like, what the hell's going on? And I don't want to be the person that say I told you so, but like, Jen, like, you're 100% correct. Like, we don't need to have converts. Can we just have the conversation? Can we both agree that we need to get to a place where we both disagree and then hash out our differences to, to, to formulate policy? Because that's not what we have. If you think that's what we have, deep down then you're not an intellectually honest person i think that's the tactic i that's the tactic i've taken but i mean who am i i'm a, a retarded raccoon on the internet all right uh jack go ahead yeah i think that's a good point about what jen made and i'll give you a perfect example so what jen was talking about reminded me of something that uh, alexandria occasional cortex posted a couple months ago on her instagram it was talking about this article about the FBI infiltrating BLM riots. So if we wanted to go into finding specific issues to relate to in terms of the sort of, I guess you would say, people who don't necessarily agree to us, that could be an interesting way to go about it. Because if you have talking about the FBI infiltrating their their groups as well and not just the J6 people, that might get more people interested in, into what the FBI is really doing. And uh, I also totally agree with you about the um, 
the you know the trying to rile up with the with the main decision. In fact, there's actually a term for that. It's called the Hegelian dialectic method. Um, you should I uh, I posted a link to it in the comments below, if you wanted to learn more about it. Yeah, it's 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 essentially create the problem and then create the solution for the problem. Therefore, you're relying on me to fix problems that I'm already creating myself. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm also glad you brought up Groove because today I also created a thread going through all the, the going through the major funders of Crew in that video in a video posted by uh, Wall Street Silver of Melanie Sloan, the, the executive director of Sloan, talking about where they get most of their funding from. So I posted that also in the nest about um, and going through every member of the boards of each of those foundations. That maybe hopefully like either like Dustin or you, Aaron, could host a space about and that I'd love to go into more depth on. Yeah, so Jack, I, I am I'm sorry I didn't get with you today. It's a little hectic with everything going on, but we I we will dive in and trash, you gotta check out like uh the mind map that Jack put together of like all the different infrastructure. Essentially took all the, the spaces we've done, like all the information. And just laid it out on this like computer map in a way that's pretty incredible. And I'd love to do that, Space Jack. So I, I know it's frustrating, like uh, right? But I, I I'm happy to do it. Just give me time to uh, work all the shit I'm working on out. Yeah, sure. no, I mean, yeah, we're gonna have that space. Uh, we we will go in. I mean, like. You guys know it's like my brainchild. Like I, that's 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 like I fucking hate David Brock. I hate Michael Teeter, Norm Eisen. Like, well, I don't, I don't say hate very often. Like I hate these people. So like I'm in. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Thanks, Trash. Uh, three things. First, to piggyback off of what Jen said about trying to, when you talk to the liberal, try to speak in their language. That's what I call it. Because if you try, if you talk to them as if they are conservative, they don't. They don't really receive receive that, and they it just talking past them. So, I so I very much agree with uh, that point. So here's a here's a one thing. I think that nobody actually realized what was going on here when Donald Trump was kicked off the ballot in in Colorado. It wasn't really kicked off. It was some kind of clause in there that said that if he appealed, then he is not really that kicked off. Anyway, all kinds of weird stuff going on there. So, and that was from the Supreme Court, Colorado Supreme Court. And everybody was outraged. They don't have the power to do that. I agree completely. But here's the interesting thing that nobody actually is talking about is that the Secretary of State, when the Secretary of State put him back, no, he's actually on the ballot. I immediately thought this cannot be good. Why? Because since when does the Secretary of State have that power? Since when do individual people, nine individual justices and an individual Secretary of State have the power just to change things on a whim? So, and then immediately after that, we see Secretary of State in Maine says, no, he's not on the ballot. So what we're seeing here, what no, sorry, what nobody's actually talking about is individuals suddenly making rules out of nowhere and then calling and then saying that he's a threat to the democracy when they, what they mean by democracy is their liberalism. Don't get it twisted. But here's the thing. The main thing that we all need to focus on is that while conservatives were celebrating, yeah, he's back on the ballot in, in Colorado, what they missed to see is that how did he get back there? Just sec just one secretary of state just deciding out of nowhere, no, he's actually back on the ballot. So this is that we're giving new powers to secretary of state that they never had. 
So regard, it's a good thing that he's back in the. I mean, it's a good thing. Obviously, it's a good thing. But it's not a good thing that they claim to have some kind of power that they never had before. So we all need to keep an eye out of that. On that, and the last thing I will end with is that I see some people here are on, are associated here with. What is this again? One moment. What is this? This is the. Sorry, tried to find here. Here it is. American mission thing. I'm interested. I actually am interested and in maybe I should join. Maybe I, I don't know anything about it. So it, maybe I should join. If anybody wants to provide me anything that could come in hand, handy, you could send it to me and I will see if I could participate in whatever this is about. Oh, we will definitely recruit you, Aaron. We're happy to do it. American mission is the shiz nizzle. And right. It's, it, Really, it was born out of what we do in these spaces, like all the research and talk. Like We wanted to answer the question, what can we do about it? So a bunch of us came together, and we've been working for damn near a year now to put all that together. But it's like the central hub, all kinds of great tech access, tech tools. It's where we coordinate to do all this research and bring people together and do a bunch of stuff. So we'll definitely get you some info on that. Kim will probably send it over to you, one of the team. But really, just dive in head first. It's the only way to go. We got a big year ahead for that, right? All all kinds of good shit planned. But look, this is the battle. The battlefield is crazy, and really, I, I just I'm stuck on this idea because I've heard and the psyops are going fucking buck wild right now. A and and people are so easily fucking manipulated. It's driving me crazy, right? And, and right, the reason I get frustrated about the calendar bullshit. Or whatever the, the fucking bouncy ball drama queen bullshit, right, of whatever week it is. The reason I get frustrated is it's showing people fucking being nudged and manipulated by these psyops. And so, right, be really, really cautious when you're hearing people talk about civil war over all this stuff. I, I really, I think that's the design of this. More than anything else, I think it's designed to get people to say a bunch of stupid shit so that they can fundraise off of it and they can target people and they can silence people, right? And that's, to me, if there's one message I want to talk about, like with the tyrants, and listen, I, I'm very strong with my language. I believe our government is tyrannical, right? I, I believe our government is so bloated and corrupted that it no longer serves any useful purpose for us citizens. With that said, our, it is also incredibly fucking dangerous, Right. Make no mistake. This regime will be happy to lock you up for stupid shit you say online. And Trash pointed out, he just touched on it briefly, the Gretchen Whitmer case, where you have 15 feds, right, surrounding some mentally ill dude who lives in the basement of a vacuum repair place. Right. Like, oh, yeah, no, let's bomb and kill everything. He's like, OK. And, and right. It's literally all feds surrounding the whole fucking plot was either confidential informants or actual undercover feds. And so just be aware, like, what you're talking about. And I, I think that's what we, like, what we've done well this year with America Mission and with everything we've been doing with Trash and Millie and just in general is our focus has to be on giving people the reality of what this different stuff is and then, like, steering them to be able to take action on stuff that isn't just fucking stupid, right? Because the, the, the psyops, are, there's so many different kinds of them. Distraction, disruption, demoralization, right? Like, they're, they're just on and on and on. Some of it's like, 
okay, let's give people, you know, impossible goals to fit, like take on that you could never have an impact on, you know, like, oh yeah, no, it's up to us online to stop the war between Israel and Palestine. You know, there's nothing you're going to fucking do that's going to have an impact on that at all. And so of course it's going to lead you to being demoralized, right? Of course you're going to look at everything in a way that's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like, I can't fix that. Well, there's a, there's literally so many things we could do that you can have a real and actual impact. And that's that's what we're fighting for all the way around. All right, let's let's hit some hands. Um, Mr. Philby, good to see you, sir. How are you tonight? Chris. Well, the thank you, first of all, trash, Jen doesn't. Uh, there's been some really good points made. I think uh, Jen certainly on point. Uh, the uh, Reagan message of do not be disappointed with 80%. Take your win and be happy. Um, but we uh, we should not be sad. We have a champion. And Mr. Higgins, Mr. Higgins is on the Judiciary Committee, doesn't lead it, but he's a junkyard dog, and he has a bone, and he's not going to let go of that. And uh, what we've just cut loose of, he needs to see, because he's an evidence-based guy. I don't think any of us, before he threw up pictures of vans in a in a parking garage, knew anything about that. You know, he came up with that. That that, you know, they were loaded with people on January the sixth. And they weren't police officers. That were supposed to be there. They were other police officers. Mr. Higgins is, is going to be our friend. And regardless of how we feel about Mr. Johnson, who has not performed well and has been a disappointment as speaker. His stint on the Judiciary Committee has shown us that he has a an intention to give justice to January the 6th. And he has, he has done nothing, according to Mr. Higgins, that is uh, going to uh, 
dissuade him from that. And he may have been distracted, but let's give him a chance. And, you know, if he doesn't come off with goods, it's, you know, within a reasonable period of time, we've had to wait. There's been a lot of stuff going on. But Mr. Johnson has been an advocate for January the 6th. And he's in a position that he can do stuff. So let's make him our advocate. Because he's highly trained in the law. And he's very skilled. And he can be a good person for us. Well, so, so Chris, um, to, to highlight, uh, I've, I've seen a little bit of what he's been putting out, right, with some of the, the footage, the ghost buses, buses and other stuff. But right, I, I, I wish him well in that endeavor, but I have little faith that the Congress, even under Speaker Johnson's doing Jack Diddley. I mean, the, the January 6th tapes that were, right, remember, oh, they're being released, they gave us, like, fucking, what, like, a few hours worth? Oh, we're, we're gonna blur fate, like, it's just, I'm so tired of getting jerked around that, by these people, that, like, frankly, like, I, 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 I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, and, in fact, like, any of the work that's gonna get done, we're the ones who are going to have to do it, like, that's just how it is. But if, if, if he is willing, to, right, if he is able to help and he does bring stuff forward, obviously we're happy to champion it and, like, right, be appreciative of that when it goes. I just, my fear is that every time this happens, right, so the, 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 the deal that we have going on is that every time it's just enforcing, it's creating the paper trail around the fake narrative of insurrection. Right. And and the time for them to fix this was to have their own fucking January 6th committee when they took control of the Congress, like we asked them to do, or to have put some actual Republicans on the fucking bullshit January 6th committee to pick it apart so that there was some right a, a counterbalance that wasn't fucking crybaby, nafo, furry, bitch made Adam Kinzinger and fucking Warhawk Liz Cheney, right, who are both fucking compromised. And and that's right. And I appreciate Congressman Higgins, and right, I appreciate like the the a. I don't know what's gotten into Louisiana. We we seem to have like some good people in Louisiana, Jeff Landry, and right, some people really driving a bunch of the information home. But I I I don't know how how much time are we supposed to give them? I guess is my question. And to to me, it, we're already past that. So. Appreciate it, Chris. Uh, we should keep an eye on what Congressman Higgins is doing, and we should probably invite him to come to a space. I think that would be an interesting way to go about that. Uh, let's keep moving it around, kicking around. Uh, Godfrey, good to see you, brother. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good, Dustin. How you doing? Oh, you know, living the dream. Good, Um yeah, I, I just wanted to do you do you mind if I shift gears for a second to bring up this Epstein thing real quick or do you want to focus on Trump? 
if you if you want to steer it to the Epstein thing, why not hit the other hands so we can make sure that like anybody wants to, we don't like tangent off before they get to talk. And I'll steer it back to you. How about that? Okay, yeah, that sounds fine. Absolutely, man. Thank you. No, I appreciate you, and I uh, look forward to it. All right, let's go. Bruce, I don't think we've heard from you yet. Bruce, don't want Can you hear me? Now we can. Great, great. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, allowing me to speak. Uh, listening in, I, uh, I concur with everything that you guys have been saying concerning what Jen was saying. I mean, it, you know, trying to meet people where they're at, I think that's one of the biggest strategies we have here. Uh, you know, it's like boots on the ground, frontline type people. Uh, but, you know, remember the Mark Twain quote, it's easier to convince or it's easier to fool somebody than convince them they've been fooled. Uh, I've been saying for a very long time, the uh, you know the Democrats, Republicans alike, that hold this whole January sixth thing is the hill that they're willing to die on. Uh, you know that's they're they're basing everything on that. So the information that you guys have dug up concerning you know the papers and the count and all that stuff needs to be you know how do we get that out? That's one of the questions. You know how do we battle? The uh, the mega horn, the megaphone of the media and all these other, I mean, in reality, they're you know they they give us this illusion of choice in Republican Democrat. It's always a binary situation, but I mean they're both two wings of the same bird. So I mean, as we the people, we know we have the power, and the biggest thing we can do is continuing to be the loudest voice we can in our own communities, and also. Uh, bring forward as much evidence, you know, not none of this, uh, you know, conspiracy theory type stuff and stuff that can't be proven. <laughs> so your guys' information, what you're doing are, are stellar. I mean, I, I say all the time on my show, I do have a rumble channel and I try to deconstruct the narrative, you know, battle like my show's un unpopular viewpoint. I, you know, show the, the, the lies and try to bring the truth and show the difference. So that's all we can do, really. I mean, I mean, because we're not going to, it's it's frustrating to this point, you know, knowing what's going to be happening here in coming 2024 and all the lawfare. And then even if we get to the 2024 election without something crazy, stupid happening, you know, if that thing goes off, whatever happens, regardless of the results, the you know, if, if the Republicans win or you know, Trump wins, it's going to the Democrats are not going to accept it. If the Democrats win, the Republicans aren't going to accept it. So they're driving us down this funnel with their mis and disinformation and lies and BS that they're they're that's their, that's their ultimate goal is to drive us into have somebody, a group of people or somebody just popping off and going crazy. I mean, I give a lot of Patriots in America, a lot of uh, kudos for having the patience of Job in this whole situation. But uh, the next coming months are going to tell a huge story and how we move forward. And if we really survive as a Republic, or we move, you know, into what they want, the one world government, world economic forum, who driving everything. Um, so, you know, I'm, my frustration is, is how do we get our message out to a larger mass of people? I mean, because we're, you know, in, on X here and the people we follow and the information we share, it can turn into an echo chamber real quick where we're just, you know, pissing, moaning, complaining and, you know, trying, you know, what, what, are their, what are the big things that we can do? That's my main question. What are the big things that we can do to you know, move the ball more in our favor. I believe there has been wins. Uh, you know, you can see small wins if you're paying attention. Little places all over the thing. All the little wins all over the place. But if we, 
you know, continue to, to be like um, Trash was saying, or, or I think maybe Dustin, you know, getting all emotionally jacked up about every little headline that pops up. Um, you know, that, that doesn't serve anything. That just is more of a distraction and takes us off of our point in course. So again, my main question is how can we, or what can we do as we, the people to push out this message on a larger scale and, uh, and, and win over more hearts and minds than they're trying to take. Thank well, you for the time. Yeah. No, like, so like I'll respond to that real quick and then I'll get to the hands, but uh, number one is keep talking about it. Right. Number two, making sure that if you're talking about it, what you're talking about is accessible. And then number three is, I don't know, like one person at a time pushing it out. So what's happening right now is, is the dependence by, you know, Intel communities or these activist groups, whatever, is that you are going to self-censor and you're not going to talk about it. And you're going to get like some state of apathy where you're just like, you know what? It doesn't really matter what I talk about. Nothing I talk about has any hope. Uh, uh, voting doesn't matter. Uh, we're completely defeated. And the best thing that I can do is just like take care of me and mine. Right. And I think that's been the message for the last 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, even with my own parents. And so I would say that, like, I don't know, share out whatever information you have to one person. Maybe that one person can reach five people. Maybe those five people can reach one person each. Maybe they can go on and go on and go on. But one thing I'm never going to do is actually get lured or baited into a, a, a false sense of apathy where nothing I say that matters, nothing, my vote's not going to matter, that nothing I do is actually going to matter because all these people have more power than I do and they have control over the levers of information. Therefore, like, what the fuck do I even care? That's not the message at all. That's what they want you to believe. And so my message is, Keep talking about it. Keep sharing it. I don't know. Get creative. Maybe you pick off one person here, two person there. One of the things. Okay. So like, let me go back to real quick, Dustin. And I want to get to the hands. <clears throat> I shared out a video um, earlier this week and it was Jordan Peterson and Michael Malice and Jordan Peterson and Michael Malice were talking. God, I want to eat that, but I can't. I'm talking. Uh, Jordan Peterson and Michael Malice were talking with each other and they were saying like how how did the rise of communism um, happen like, in the Bolshevik re revolution? And then subsequently, how did it survive? And one of the things that the Soviet, the, uh, the, the USSR, the Bolsheviks and the communists relied on was not only the control of information, but it was the reliance on the average person to turn in their very intimate people next to them by not towing the narrative line meaning um let's say that, that we're married we've been married for 20 years and then all of a sudden there's a psyop on, on on society and we all have to wear a mask whatever and my spouse was like i'm not wearing a fucking mask like there's no science there there's no math there that none of that makes sense well just by questioning that you were an enemy of the narrative you were an enemy of the populace therefore your neighbors your spouses your your daughters your sons your, your family viewed you as an and their duty to turn you in. Once they turned you into the state, then the state did what, 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 what they did. And one of the things that they feared, and Joseph Stalin talked about this, uh, Lenin talked about this, and many other people talked about this. They said, if five people agree to disagree with the narrative, 
it will upend this entire system. Therefore, we cannot allow these five people out of 100 million to, 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 to disagree. Because if they do, it's completely contagious and it, it, it implants seeds and questions into other people's minds and it will never stop. Therefore, we cannot even have five people out of, I don't know, 200 million questioning the narrative. And so when people say like, who cares? They're, they're taking this country over or whatever. Well, as we talk about this, people are inspired to join their local precinct committees. People are, are inspired to run for office. People are inspired to work on the elections commission. People are inspired to work on the board of supervisors. People are inspired to just simply question and get it into the other hands of people that are willing to do these things. And so talking about it, number one, this is why this is why the First Amendment in our Constitution by the framers was freedom of speech. The Second Amendment was protecting freedom of speech by protecting your own self-defense and the Second Amendment. That's why the Third Amendment that bolstered the Second and First Amendment was and again, I can go on, go on and on, like no quarters of soldiers, no due process. We, we can go through all the amendments, but each amendment was was imperative to the amendment prior to it. And freedom of speech was number one. Freedom to gather, freedom of religion was number one. And the reason for that is because if one dissenting person asked a question, five people would answer, ask a question. And if five people ask a question, a hundred people would ask a question and so on and so on and so on. And so I think the best thing that you can do if you have access and you have the time, sure, run for local elections, run, run for precinct committeemen, run for any kind of office that you can. But if you can't do any of those things and you still have to provide for your family, simply talking about it then creates the opportunity for somebody else to be able to do that. That's why it was so imperative to control the information flow and create a snitching line uh, where you could actually tell on your family members, whatever, if they're not upholding uh, the country narrative. So about it, if you have access, do something about it. And if you have connections, then force an entire network to do something about it. But that's your answer. But you have to, you, you can't stop talking about it because you, and because they would have you believe that talking about it means nothing. They would have you believe that voting means nothing. They would have you believe that everything is stacked against you. Therefore, all is lost. Therefore, encroach apathy and nihilism. Well, I, I disagree. That's my answer on that. Listen, I love that. I also will say, just expand your local network, right? Like you have the ability to become an amplification of the right, the good information. And right, the the all the work we go volunteer for the Trump campaign, right? Like go go volunteer for the Trump campaign and like make friends there and expand that out. Like Trump, more than anything, right? Think think about this. All and, and this is this gets to like what I think is really behind this thing, which is the process is the punishment. Trump's having to defend himself in Maine, in Colorado, in Michigan. Right, just to be on the fucking ballot. It doesn't matter the dude's sixty points fucking ahead of every other Republican, and like a right a big lead, and has to be considered the front runner in the general election. He's still having to just bleed resources into all of these legal fights, which I think is largely behind what's in him. And so, right, what can we do 
to fill in that gap. Well, you could definitely like donate to Trump's campaign or go show up and volunteer, right? Like that, that, that's the other thing. They cannot be successful in this. That's why I have so much rage for some of the DeSantis idiots, right? Which is if this is allowed to succeed for any reason, if Trump is allowed, if that, that their tactics here are victorious and they succeed in keeping Trump from being the legitimate president, right? Like winning or competing, they were fucked. Like from from there on out, there there is no further like driving forward that's gonna fucking work in any way. So, right, uh, my vision of it is we have the central hub where we we bring all of this different information together and we figure it out, and then we push like um we push that out to everybody else within the network, right? Who who then spread that message, and so. Uh, again, I think that's uh, I think that's how we have to visualize it, and we all have to take a personal responsibility for like improving our own network and our own influence in that network, so that we can push hard to like back off. And I think that's going to be the key all the way around. So appreciate the question, Bruce. Looking forward to uh, uh, connecting with you. And trash, you want to keep hitting the hands? I think Aaron was next. Yep. All right, great. So, Kimberly, uh, you tweeted at me. I followed the instructions, so just for the heads up on that. And uh, here I have, I mean, it's not breaking news anymore. I mean, maybe 20 minutes ago it was breaking. But Maine Representative John Andrews has made a motion to impeach Maine Secretary of State for, for removing Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. So that is that is a very good move on his part because we cannot have secretaries of state suddenly deciding to remove, even if they do the good thing, put them back on the ballot. Secretaries of state are not supposed to do that, at least not by themselves. They should have the legislature and the court and, and provide evidence that, yes, this has to happen, but none of that has been provided under these circumstances. So obviously... We cannot have them running roughshod and deciding this guy or this guy. I like this guy, so this guy's going to be on the ballot. But this guy I hate, so this guy's going to be off the ballot. They can't decide that by themselves. But and I will finish with this. This is the last part. Um, and I wanted to say this earlier, but I got, uh, I got, I forgot about it. So anyway, here it is. That what Jen said about trying to talk to Democrats the way that that they should understand and things that they could actually agree on. Here's one thing. Uh, here's another thing that people should know about, that there is a two month old that is on the terror watch list. There's a long story behind it. The father was at January 6th uh, at the Capitol. No, I don't even think he was violent or anything. It was just there. Maybe he trespassed. I'm not sure. But no violent crimes. The child, his two month child, who was not even conceived at the time, the child is now two months. So this child wasn't even doesn't didn't even exist at the time is has been put on the terror watch list so i think that this is something you could go to to your democrat friends if you have any if they are your friends i mean i know a lot of conservatives try to be friends with democrats but democrats unfortunately don't try to be friends with with conservatives anyway but this is something you could approach them and tell them hey do you think that this 2 month old child belongs in the terror watch list and they will like, be like wait what what do you mean what there's a child on the terror watch list so you could talk to them on this front and I think that you could get, you could actually um, change some minds. So you don't have to convert them immediately, but you have to show, hey, these these are clear abuses of the Biden administration, putting children of two months old on a terror watch list only because the father trespassed, and he would, we don't even know if he did that. So, 
this is something that people uh, need to t- uh, need to know. If you're interested in more of what's going actually on, I made an episode on my podcast about this. You could act, you could click on my on my page and you'll uh, yeah. on my profile you'll find the link there over there. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. So yeah. you, this is something well, very no, important. Aaron, yeah, no, Aaron, it's very important. So like what Aaron's talking about is Sonia Labosco. Sonia Sonia Labosco is actually a air marshal whistleblower and she's part of the suspendables. And what he's talking about is the Quiet Skies program. So like the Quiet Skies, Quad S, Silent Partner, all of these are on the same watch list that basically the Department of Homeland Security under the guise of TSA had created. And uh, essentially this two-month-old infant, and by the way, on their plane ticket is listed as infant. So prior to January 6th, this person wasn't even born. And people say, well, of course, if, if the dad that was present at January 6th booked these plane tickets, then of course, like everybody that was booked under this program, which is still ridiculous, but obviously anybody that was booked under this same dad's name would be put on this list. That's not actually what's happening. So like Quiet Skies program and the Quad S program that Aaron's talking about, that this two-month-old infant has been placed on, is an arbitrary list by people high up in Department of Homeland Security that determined whether or not uh, some person or family should be placed on this list and then thus thus go through like extensive uh, security screenings at TSA, then extensive security screenings at the gate. This is something that Sonia Lobosco was talking about. Aaron had a podcast with Sonia. We also had a space about it. And, and and they essentially pointed out how the tyranny has crept through our bureaucracies, right? So like Department of Homeland Security, TSA, uh, through all these different administrations, how in the hell could a two-month-old infant that wasn't even born yet, that wasn't even conceived yet on January 6th, be placed on this list? And it was because it was arbitrary. And then try to get your name off that list is near impossible. That is one um, malfunction of a, of a, of a functioning lib, uh, uh, liberal uh, republic. But more importantly, and the gravity of it, is that we're either going to go through these bureaucratic processes that don't mean anything at all, that we are going to submit to the fourth pillar of, uh, of our community and the, at the fourth branch of government that was never outlined in the Constitution, which is, would be the administrative state, the deep state, or we're actually going to solve those problems. Like, I, I think what Aaron was trying to convey is, like, listen, the, the tyranny is already here. And if the tyranny is already here, what are we going to do about it? Well, we're actually going to point out exactly where it's happening, where it's happening. And then also try to create some kind of plan moving forward. Uh, Ryan, go ahead and get in here. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, so I'm my name is Ryan Zink. I am a January 6th defendant. I'm also running for Congress in, in uh, District 19 in Lubbock, Texas. And I think one of the most important aspects that we can look at when it comes to where tyranny starts is it starts at the local level. So a majority of the people. So like here in my state, um, <clears throat> we have, you know, our checks and balances systems that comes from the state where, you know, we have people that go into the federal system. Well, where did they start? You know, they started as a clerk in somebody's office. Like the current, you know, sitting congressman here in Lubbock, he started working with the Bush campaign. You know, there's been a uh, a large movement of people who start off as grassroots, then they get pulled in and they get suckered into the money aspect of things. And then they get led in the direction of wherever the money takes them. 
And so that's that's why it's critically important that we start going at the local level. Like we've got to sit down and take a good hard look at who wants to be in office in our areas because that will prevent things from like people being confused on which bathroom their child can use because they don't have leadership that goes in there and says like, oh, you know what? Well, I think it's perfectly okay for this six foot one boy who identifies as a girl to play volleyball and change in front of them. It all starts at the local level. This is where it happens. This is where the crazy, egotistical, narcissistic people begin their their pathways. And um, so I wanted to touch back too on something that uh, that Trash was talking about a minute ago that is, you know, talking about like the the greatest speech impact in time is, you know, uh, about one of the spaces that he was in about how a movement was generated that allowed people to let tyranny happen and then supported it. Because if you look, and then by no means am I saying that, you know, like Adolf Hitler was a person who did anything relevantly good with his life. However, he has got to be one of the greatest speakers of the time. Because when you look at what he was doing, he convinced an entire nation of people to hate someone based on who they were. And not only did he get them to hate them, but he got them to round them up, place them into camps, and to dehumanize them. Dehumanization starts with speech, and it's mostly repetitious speech. And one of the topics that I always talk on, because I'm a, I'm a huge history buff, I go back into World War II, if you don't believe me, history repeats itself. You go back and you look at the Reichstag fire of the 1930s. And exactly what we see is happening right now. This is the moment that we are at. So for those of you that aren't familiar, February 27th, 1933, the German parliament building is burned to the ground. And this is how Nazi leadership came about, because <clears throat> what they were doing was it, it implemented three things. And, the, and some of these might sound pretty familiar to what we have going on today. It one. The day after the fire, they suspended the right to free assembly, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press, along with other constitutional protections, including restraints on police investigations. So kind of like how the FBI utilized FISA warrants to go after January 6th defendants. You weren't allowed to go to the Capitol. All of a sudden, everything was closed down. You had the media that was, you know, being told this is what you can say, this is what you can't say. Sound pretty familiar to me. Uh, the second thing that it did was this decree permitted the regime to arrest and incarcerate political opponents without a specific charge, i.e. men who have been in jail for three years in the D.C. gulag who still have not been arraigned, had their discovery, or been to trial. Sounds familiar to me. And it also to dissolve political organizations and confiscate private property. So... They dissolved the Proud Boys, they dissolved the Oath Keepers, they arrested everybody involved, charged them with everything, and then went into their houses, confiscated all of their camera equipment, and then they don't give them their discovery. Sounds pretty familiar to me. The third thing that it did was it allowed the regime the authority to overrule state and local laws and overthrow state and local governments, kind of like with what we saw with Colorado taking Trump off the ballot and now Bain taking him off the ballot tonight, and a secretary of state overthrowing state and local governments who the voters decide 
who is going to be on the ballot. But this secretary of state thinks that now that because he's emboldened by the Reichstag fire of January 6th, 2021, that he now has the authority to speak over every single Republican or Democrat or Green Party or, you know, three-eyed monster that wants to vote for Donald Trump in his primary, that they can do that. And whenever you see this emerging things, you only have two choices. You can either stand up and say no, or you can bend over and take it the way that the rest of the country has been doing, just like you said, for like the last 30 years. Because you can you can go home at the end of the day and you can say, well, I live in a, you know, a plus 50 Republican area. Like my vote doesn't matter because my candidate is going to win here anyways. No, that's not the truth. And we saw that in 2020. My dad has worked on 23 elections with election integrity, he has worked on 23 different audits in 23 different states, and the conclusion is the same. Everything that we had is manipulated. They manipulate it with the voter rolls. They manipulate it with the papers, with the ballot machines, with everything, and they use COVID as the cover run for that. Now, what was COVID in 1933? Where did that come about? Well, it started with the division. You, when you divide people, when you when you go to a mass population and you whisper into someone's ear, this other person's evil because they like blue shoes. And the other side says this other person's evil because they like red shoes. And then who do they turn out to be? Well, in World War II, turned out to be the Jews. And the separation was there. It was immediate. And that's what we see now. All these insurrectionists and people that support insurrectionists and this and that. This is the beginnings of World War II all over again. And we have to stand up and it has to start at the local level. If your sheriff is not doing his job, you go and you take your problem to him. If your school board is saying it's okay for you, for your child in the seventh grade to read this book where two children are giving each other sexual uh, ideologies or they're embracing things that are not even taught inside of the family home and the parent doesn't have a choice, you need to go and remove that official. Go to the police, talk to people. It starts at the local level because the people at the local level are the ones that are trying to gain followers and trying to gain power and they're moving in. And then you have a full-blown, you know, absolutely corrupt DOJ system because where are we at right now? Unelected bureaucrats who are running America directly into the ground. And you see this with Merrick Garland, with Christopher Ray, with all of these other people. There's no checks and balances for them. There's no wrap, checks and balances. Wrap, wrap it up, Ryan. You've been, yeah. I, I, I know uh, you're leaning into the politician thing, but right, got, got, got bring it home for us. That is the definition of what we're living under on tyranny, where people can make decisions for us, but there's no consequences for them whenever they do the wrong thing. Like the Secretary of State in Colorado, those people need to be punished for what they did. There needs to be a law written that punishes them for removing the voice of the American people. Anyway, yeah, guys, I'm going, I'm, I, don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, actually. But like, at the same time, like, shouldn't the punishment be like shame? Right. Like you clearly are just some kind of like retard that like 
you're like, oh, well, like, well, my translucent skin, like obviously uh, I'm riding with Biden. So therefore I'm going to signal to the base and like fundraise and crew has 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 built their team. And they're going to come in here and like, listen, they're going to stand behind me. And as secretary of state, I'll make a tyrannical, petty tyrant type decision. And by removing a president off the ballot. But by the way, actually, constitutionally and legally, I can't actually do that. So I'm going to leave the door open. Like, listen, I'm not actually going to enforce anything that I just said for 47 pages, because on the 48th page, I'm I'm going to say, well, actually, uh, this 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 order that I just ordered is stayed until the actual Supreme Court, an actual real body of judgment actually weighs in on this. So I'm not really going to say anything. And real quick, guys, I just want to like kind of reset the room. Uh, I came in here to bitch about all the fake, like con ink grifting that's going on, the outrage porn that's going on, the fake culture war conversations about calendar gates going on. But also, I would say that like you know, a lot of people, including on con ink side and, and on other sides, they are concerned and they're and they're and they're pushing civil war, right? Civil war, civil war. We got to have a civil war, and like, what does that look like? And I'll say this, like, if these people are so stupid that they don't understand what civil war actually looks like, well, maybe it'll be very uncomfortable for us for two or three weeks or a month or three months. And that's why I recommend my Patriot Supply. Um, hashtag trash discourse for 10% off. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried to do a fake fucking ad read. I can't do it. You, no, you, you no. almost got it there, though. Sorry, I hate to jump in, but you almost no, had like, it there. I you almost it. led into it. Be I like, it. Uh, and this is the time you're going to need gold and silver. No, 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 no it's fine. Like, listen, birch gold's coming. Birch gold's coming, Pat. So, like, like, listen. At the end of the day, like, I, I don't want people to get riled up. I don't want people like emotionally reacting to the bullshit. Like, I don't know how much more Dustin, myself, Millie, and a lot of other people on space could actually show you that the emotional response is what, quote unquote, they want. Don't give it to them. It's fucking nonsense. Like I read, I read these summations. I read these opinions. They give themselves a backdoor and outdoor saying, well, I'll say this as long as anybody else besides myself will look at this. And if they look at this, then it's indefinitely stayed. Meaning I'm going to say some bullshit. I'm going to fundraise on social media. I'm going to fundraise on fucking legacy media on MSNBC saying, oh, no, we removed Trump from the Colorado ballot. We removed Trump from the main ballot. No, the fuck you didn't, because I'm looking at your fucking decision. Your decision says if anybody else besides me look at this, then it stayed and it stayed indefinitely until they tell me otherwise. And like anybody emotionally reacting to this and they're like, oh, my God, like the communists are taking over our country and they're going to take down our country and send one hundred dollars to me for my legal fund so I can go fight these people. Well, there's no fight. Like the fight is already in the decision. And so you're being completely fucking manipulated, emotionally manipulated to emotionally react to something. Meanwhile, nobody in the intelligence community, nobody in the administration, nobody in Democrat DNC or anybody in the establishment has to answer any questions because all they have to say is, well, you know, it's a dark day in the United States that we're come to the point where states have to individually remove a candidate because they were insurrectionists. Uh, and so 
we need to take this seriously when I don't have to, when I don't get to ask them questions about their policy prescriptions, what, what they're running on in 2024, which we are in a fucking election year. So like taking our eyes off the prize to be reactionary is the game that everyone wants you to play. And like, I made a bunch of jokes. I've said a bunch of stupid shit, but my point is stop reacting, start creating the playing field that somebody else has to live by. And I can tell you, that it's not anything to do with these fucking bullshit bogus uh, uh, law teams. And it's like, cause I see the hands, JP, I see your hand up too. Yeah, JP, go ahead. Hey, thanks, Trash. Uh, yeah, I, look, I feel like I'm, in, I'm entering a new season in my mindset. Like I'm, I'm treating this new year as a shift in strategy and focus. And, and I, I hope we all share that. Like it's, we do a lot, we do very well on here bringing our hands together, identifying the problems, calling out the same people for doing the same things. And I, I just want to encourage us as a group to embrace, uh, you know, longer term strategies and strategies for real results in this uh, environment. And some of those results that I'd like to see are in fundraising because money makes this country go round and the left has fundraising down to a science, uh, including, as James O'Keefe has just, you know, really revealed, it's billions and billions flowing from foreign governments into phantom addresses. But I, I just, I, I want you all to know that, like, you need to be on here to feel the community, to, to be equipped with the information. But I really think all of us need to balance that this year with some in real life activity. And one of the things that motivated me the other day, and it really touched me, was that I'm uh, involved in my son's Cub Scout organization. And it's a big pack, you know, lots of boys, all the different ages. And they have their big fundraiser, they sell popcorn every year. And man, these kids, I, I never saw kids hustle so much. Like, I'm, you know, my tagline on here is, uh, my hashtag is JP Hustle 1776. And I'm like, I'm really impressed with these Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts hustling the popcorn. And some of these kids raised like five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars in popcorn sales, so they could go on a cool scout trip because they wanted to do something fun. And I'm thinking, like, God bless it, man. When's the last time I, when's the last time I went out and raised some money for something that I really care about and and want to do, you know? And these are things that we need to think about because we're in a season where everything is on the line and you need to, you need to develop some skills and attitudes of how you can help in any way. And if it's raising a little money for some causes and those causes are people who are part of the mission, but also the uh, candidates, then I think that's something we need to focus on. I really feel like we need to strategize and, and teach more trash. I love your spaces so much because it's, it's kind of like a, it's really a teaching lesson with some, uh, you know, some back and forth with the people. It's not so much just open mic chaos like on other spaces. It's just people calling each other names all day. And I really appreciate what you bring to the table. And I'm just um, just want us to lift that up because, listen, the left is scrappy. The, the left, they're, they're doing strategies that are three, four, five moves ahead. Like, um, like I wrote about in, the, uh, in my op-ed today. It's this this Colorado issue and these 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 ballot removal issues. 
They know that's going to go to the Supreme Court. They know it. They planned it. They want a Trump conservative Supreme Court to knock down these decision, decisions so, A, they can raise more money from their base, and B, they can delegitimize the court and probably lobby for packing the court if they still have control in 2025. So you, they're, all, they're laying the groundwork for, for packing the Supreme Court by pointing at these three Trump justices who, by law, would be compelled to rule in Trump's favor. But that's how they think. They're scrappy. They're willing to do these things because they're drawn out, they're expensive, they're painful. It's like being in a street fight. You know, there's some things you can do that's just going to weaken the guy. It's going to it's going to make him look bad. It's going to cost them money. They're willing to do that even though they know they're going to lose. And I don't think we on the right are scrappy enough. I think we're a little too honorable where we rely on the, the truth of the Constitution and the word and and we have a, a righteousness about it. I, I, I feel like, though, to a certain extent, that strategy I'm talking about is let's get scrappy, people. OK, so that's where I'm at. And I'm looking forward to 2024. Can I say something real quick, Trash? Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, JP, I, I think like you're you've hit as usual a very key point here where we, I was used to say, I used to say, you know, I believe the end of Western Civ began with the introduction of the touchless flush toilet, and really that for me is when we got lazy and unaccountable. Because shit, if you can't take a shit and flush it yourself then I'm sorry, I'm not sure I can trust you with any more responsibility. And at this point, we have allowed, we have to take a little accountability because we've let these folks in. And I was talking to a woman who ran in Georgia a couple of years ago, earlier today, um, as part of, she's reaching out to AM um, generically. And she said, you know, when she ran in 2020, she didn't get any money from the party because she wasn't their gal. But she raised 50 grand herself, and all of a sudden, all these volunteers came out of the woodwork. She knocked on 5,000 doors, but everybody came out of the woodwork two weeks before the election and said, what do you need me to do? And she says, I need you to knock on doors. And everybody said, which doors? Like, the doors in my subdivision? It's like, no, the doors in that trailer park, the one that you roll up the windows and push it five miles over the speed limit when you drive by it. You know, that is, and so they, we weren't really ready to do the work. I think we, as JP said, we have expected that the system will work, that everybody believes in the system. Well, they don't anymore. But at the same time, we cannot become the evil, which we, we cannot cheat to win because then we wouldn't have really won either. But the fact is we don't need to cheat. Scott Pressler's has proved that if everybody, if our people had just voted, we would have won anyways. We would have overwhelmed the steel. So everybody needs to really get their ass. And I think, you know, that's what we're trying to do differently, frankly, is we want to show you how to get involved because we are not going to be able to, as an organization, like move the needle on individual races ourselves. But you, as people, will put you in touch with their campaigns. We will give them a platform. We will help you get on precinct committee. We'll help you go to school board meeting, whatever you want to do to make that difference. But it can't be done from home anymore. It really can't. And it's, you know, they are out there. They are true believers. And I know we say they, but literally, I mean, they, those blue-haired bitch witches believe every word that, that utters out of their 
you know, yellow, well, recently whitened teeth, you know, and that is just not, we, we, we cannot sit at home this time, guys. It is, it is not going to work out well if we do. And then we're really looking at something like what trash, you know, like what some of these people are talking about now. It's too early to get, to go there, but, and we don't want to have to go to a violent outcome because it would be so devastating that we would never want to see it. We still can save this thing. Get up off your asses, flush the toilet yourself, cover up the sensor, flush it yourself and be accountable because that's where we need to be now. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, Bree, go ahead, then Jack. Hey, guys, thanks. Um, I'm really grateful to hear JP's perspective on the Supreme Court. This is actually what I've been saying from the beginning uh, after reading the stay and how the stay was written in the Colorado court case. Um, you know, in, in all honesty and even in oral arguments, the Colorado Supreme Court stated we need not adopt a single a, you know, quote, single, all-encompassing definition of insurrection. So even in oral arguments, the Supreme Court, or excuse me, the, the Colorado court punted uh, the definition of insurrection in addition to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the ruling and, and what will happen in Colorado to the Supreme Court. I mean, it's all hinging on the Supreme Court. And and naturally, you know, the Supreme Court is going to rule what is what is in uh, line with the law of the land, the Constitution. They'll, they'll read it constitutionally and, and make their ruling on that. But the way that this narrative has been building and the erosion of trust for, uh, you know, Justice Thomas, for example, um, I, I really, unfortunately, I see this playing out in a way uh, that will also erode trust within the Supreme Court. And I agree with JP's analysis. That's actually what I've been saying from day one or, or day one of this ruling coming out. Excuse me. Um, I think that there's a much bigger fish on the line than Trump himself. And, and I think that that fish is, you know, SCOTUS. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to hear that analysis, and I completely agree with that. Thanks. No, I mean, I, I agree, too. I, it, it depends on the narrative, and this was a lot of things that I was talking about earlier. Dustin, I saw you unmute. Uh, go ahead, and then we'll get to Jack. Yeah, no, I was just going to say real quick, I, th I think this is the analysis, and I brought up earlier um, the same people that funded uh, crew, right? The Soros people, the same like money donors, the Norm Eisens have been funding these bus tours for several years now that have been going around to college towns and pushing the idea of expanding the Supreme Court. And so I, I do think that the, the broader play here, right, that, that can't be ignored is the fact that they do want to pack the court and add a bunch of new justices. And that could be the long play, and I, I love the way JP laid it out in the article. If you guys haven't read it yet, check it out. I think Jen just pinned it up top. It's the first thing up there. Definitely go check it out. And if you're not already subscribed to American Mission for brilliant legal analysis like JP just dropped. Go ahead, Jack. Get in here. Yeah, I uh, I, I agree. So first off, there's two things. One, um, I think what if we want to go with more of the how do we go about this, I'm I would say take the advice from something that Dan Bongino said, which would be, you know, following Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. At least that's just my view. 
you know, use their own playbook against them. And second point, I'm also glad you brought up the uh, the funders for crew, which, uh, again, I also post at the top. I made a long thread of all the of the big foundations that don't that donate a lot of money to these civilians for responsibility and ethics in Washington, the group behind the lawsuit in of Trump in Colorado. And uh, and uh, since uh, I've been on the space, it just got retweeted by James Lindsay. So I would like to I don't mean to ask for a plug-in, but I would just like to ask everybody to try to like and retweet the thread. You know, I want uh, Dan Wagino to see it. I want Ashley St. Clair to see it. I, I want even Elon Musk to see it. So if it's not too much to ask, can I, can we retweet it? I worked a lot, put a lot of work into it. Thank you. <laughs> we got our new Dylan. Listen, I'm good with that. Jack's the man. And wait till you see his fucking mind map trash. Like for real, I think I think you're gonna be like, pretty excited to put in the work. Uh, no, I just retweeted it. Sorry, I hadn't done that before, Jack. I appreciate it. Um, again, I th- I think we that's the part. A lot of what I think where our frustration comes in because we like trash that we started the space because it was like we really don't want to fucking talk about all the fuck. Like we're gonna come in and fucking whine about the calendar fucking bullshit going on. And all the, like, barbs being thrown back and forth. Because the whole thing's just so fucking stupid. And even around, like, the discussions on the main stuff and the Colorado stuff, it's so fucking based. Like, it's so shallow. Right? It, it, it It's literally so fucking mid and so fucking basic that, like, it's frustrating. Because it, none of it ever gets down to addressing the root problem and then if you break into those conversations you know like oh hey you know what we maybe should do here is pay attention to like you know how this all fucking came to be in the first place and what they're telling us that they're planning to do and the response you get back is like you're fucking got an alien fucking sticking out of your chest right like you got fucking fetterman lump and it's fucking growing a face on it and they're like oh what like you are it, it, it's crazy because it's, it's, it's just really tough to break through to people and break it down. So, Jack, any, any, uh, right, uh, the work you're doing to break that stuff down and try to make it and put it in a visual way uh, is super appreciated. But I, I guess that leads to, like, a broader – again, some, some of it, it's one thing to complain about. It's another to just constantly be trying to figure out how we break through and we bring more people into, like, the, the productive discussions. Right, that because at the end of the day, people do need to be evaluating the root causes of this kind of stuff, and I I, I think that's the key all the way around. All right, let's see, Godfrey, uh, I we cut you off before. I'll kick it to you, and then we'll go Zach. Thank, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, I sorry, I don't mean to go off topic here, but I did want to bring this up because I think it's important. Um, you know, a lot of people have. Like, my bad. Like, also, like, can we stop, like, also always going off topic to talk about something else? Like, come on, man. Come on, guys. I listen, I think that's my fault. Like, I've been doing the weaponized ADD spaces again. So I think people come in at night, they think they could get away with it. Just remember. I, I, I'll, I'll own that one track. My bad, my bad. I'm just like, like, hey, I don't mean to go off topic for, like, the third time. 
Sorry. <laughs> Stick to the um, agenda and trash his house, right? Yes. The raccoon runs a tight ship, baby. Let's fucking go. Um, anyway, we, we will get to it, Godfroy. And uh, Zach, did you want to go? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, this is okay. So uh, all I heard was like back in the day, headphones didn't work. Can everybody hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Oh, oh. Last time I tried to speak on one of these, nobody could hear me because I was wearing Bluetooth headphones or connected to my phone. So everybody good? Yep. For the second time we can hear well, you. Well, okay. So why, like, all this shit talking about, like, what uh, Lev Parnas and, like, everybody coming in on... Uh, what was it, Mario's space, like, why, what, like, what's the difference between, like, a Jack Maxi and a Lev Parnas? Like, they both have the same argument that nobody wants to depose them and nobody wants to talk to them, but yet, like, they get involved in these big spaces and totally derail it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense to me. Uh, anytime you're not having the conversation that you want to be having, instead you want to inject people with conversations that quote unquote they want to have, whatever they is doesn't really matter. Right, in this right. in this instance, it's complete sense. Uh, well, so that know, that means that means they're more like detractors, right? Like they're they're not in it for anything but their self wealth. I mean, most often, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, like I, I, like I've been, I've been on Twitter for a while. I have not. This is the first time I've, I have ever spoken in spaces. I thought that if you had an earpiece or anything like that, you weren't able to talk because when I just talk from my phone itself, I have no speaker. Like nobody can hear me. I mean, dude, like, what What do we do? So, you came here to distract the room no, and you no, couldn't come up 